0: Welcome to another installment of Diary of an Exvangelical. This is the podcast where we examine an issue with fundamentalism and evangelical Christianity through the eyes of somebody who went from Catholic to evangelical back to Catholic. I'm Marie and this is not intended to slander anybody. It is opinion and fact and Yes, I am entitled to it. (laughs) So, today is November 21st. And an interesting thing popped up on my Twitter feed. And that is, today, 13 years ago, Twilight was released in theaters. We all know about Twilight, do we not? It is the very vast saga of books and films about the 108 year old vampire that is Edward Cullen and his love story with Bella Swan and you know if you don't know what Twilight is you were probably under a rock for several years or you just didn't pay attention And, of course, for those of us that do know, it was the film that made Robert Pattinson a household name. Which is why today's installment is titled Evangelicals, Harry Potter, and Twilight, a.k.a. Why Robert Pattinson fans are probably heathens. Now, before I get started here. I'm not going to just talk about Harry Potter and Twilight for this whole podcast. I will be talking about cinema. It's just after I saw that today was the 13th anniversary of the Twilight release, I kept thinking about things that I heard in evangelical churches about Twilight, about Harry Potter, and then I... I was actually watching a YouTube video montage that somebody made of Robert Pattinson saying these crazy ass things in interviews, which he's famous for. And, you know, he made several jokes about about an infamous scene in one of his movies, 2019's The Lighthouse, which is actually one of my favorite movies of all time, where His character, um, how do I put this? His character basically chokes the chicken. He has a sexual fantasy about a mermaid and chokes the chicken. And the clip was saying about how he's done this in a couple of different films. I think he did it in Damsel, which... Is a weird, weird movie, if you ever see it. I know he did it in Little Ashes, which amazing film. If you are a fan of like the artist Vincent Van Gogh, I mean not Vincent Van Gogh, Salvatore Dali. I'm sorry to all the Robert Pattinson fans that are listening to this. My apologies. But yeah. And I I remember I shared this on Facebook because, you know, one of my friends, she, she's a huge Robert Pattinson fan. And we were joking about it and everything. And one of my other friends who is a conservative Christian, I'm not going to necessarily say she's evangelical because there are some things about her that, don't scream evangelical but it's a friend of mine from college who is a protestant christian and she's also a little more conservative she basically said about the whole thing with the masturbation jokes and she did she i don't think she believed me when i told her when I told her that he really did do that in a couple of movies. But yeah. So that's why I am <laughs> just subtitling this. And, you know, so first off, why do Christians have an issue with this stuff? Um, only thing I could really think about in is a verse from the book of Matthew. This is Matthew 18.9. For those of you that do read the Bible, and I am actually I actually pulled this from the website, Biblehub.com. This is the NIV version because I do not want to deal with any V's and thous in King James. And it says and if your eye causes you to stumble gouge it out and throw it away it is better to enter life with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into the fire of hell you know something first off i just i just have to say this because i'm going to a non-denominational christian church where where they do read a lot of things in the Bible. And it's very interesting because most of most of them are Gen X, millennial. I'm actually in that little gap in between. It's called x And I remember we would always say about these things that were in, that, like that and like Revelation. And we would always say about how it seems like, they really get art house with this stuff. So yeah, that that is very art house. That is uh, actually actually, if you word it the right way, it may sound like something Robert Pattinson would say in an interview. <laughs> I hate to say that, but yeah, um, but a lot of people are wondering what the hell does that mean. Um, there is an article from BeliefNet where. They basically have are arguing that it's kind of you know, not to. I'm trying to figure out how to put this, not to like kind of taint yourself, if you will. Um, it's it's the they call it the need for guardrails. Here's the Here's um, the whole, here's the article where that says it. It says, no one wants to think about gouging eyes or cutting off arms. So what is Jesus actually talking about here? And it says, Jesus is employing hyperbole, which is strategic exaggeration, to illustrate the need for guardrails, which I have heard this argument from many preachers, evangelical and non evangelical. I've heard from a few Catholic priests. So I can understand that. So the argument basically is shielding oneself from anything that would be unholy, if you will, which I could see why maybe Harry Potter might be a problem because Harry Potter I know the big argument with Harry Potter and I I heard this a little bit in the Catholic Church I was actually in the Catholic Church when the Harry Potter craze was huge and you know the argument that I always heard I know Pope Benedict made this argument in the Catholic Church but I've heard it more with evangelicals is that with Harry Potter, it's because of the obvious use of sorcery, witchcraft. well, it wasn't necessarily witchcraft, but it was more like sorcery, wizardry, you know spells, flying on broomsticks, you know that sort of deal so the so that's the argument on that one. They say, oh, it promotes that stuff. Um, there was also another good example I could think of, and this goes back to, I think, high school for me. Either junior high or high school. I forgot. It's a movie called The Craft. And, you know, in this movie, the it's these high school girls, and they create like a witch's coven, if you will. And all these different things happen because of all these spells that they... That they cast and everything. And, you know, I remember when that came out, My my one aunt, who is evangelical, she's independent Baptist evangelical, she screamed bloody murder. She basically said that it was promoting witchcraft. And to me, I was like, no, it's not. Of course, I think she even hated the fact that the girls in this movie all went to a Catholic school. Which I thought was the dumbest thing to ever put put in that witchcraft and Catholicism. Yeah, thank you Hollywood for making us Catholics look like we are all a bunch of witches who just sit there and chant. But anyway... I digress. So that's the argument with Harry Potter. And that is probably why this that passage from Matthew kind of plunks in my head. Um I wasn't able to really find too many articles about, you know, issues with Twilight and Christianity, but I did find an article from the from the International Business Times where basically it supported what I just said about Harry Potter and this is from the article which was called Why Do Christian Fundamentalists Hate Harry Potter? It was from from July of 2011 and it says religious fundamentalists, particularly evangelical Christians, have long rallied against J. k. Rowling's handiwork, largely because they associate wizardry and magic with witchcraft and Satanism, which I could understand because I have heard that i I'm actually I actually have Native American in my bloodline, and they've used that argument for the things in Native American culture, like the dream catcher. Or burning sage, which many religions have a variation of, by the way. So I could totally see where that argument was. And, you know, here here they did argue. It was a guy named Paul Hedrick, who is was a spokesman for Focus on the Family, which is an American evangelical Christian group. I have heard of Focus on the Family, and frankly, I can't stand those guys. And, you know, he, listened to this, Paul Hedrick, a spokesperson for Focus on the Family, an American evangelical Christian group in Colorado, once said, the Potter series contains some powerful, valuable lessons about love and courage. And the ultimate victory of good over evil. However, the positive messages are packaged in a medium, witchcraft. That is directly denounced in scripture. And so, yeah. And, you know, this whole article, it tells all these different reasons and says about, you know, the reason, you know, was probably alleged that J.K. Rowling, who wrote the Potter series, was denied a Presidential Medal of Freedom by the George W. Bush administration because she was viewed as promoting witchcraft. And, you know, to me, it's just... It's just insane that they would say that. And, you know, I did mention Twilight early on. Uh, The only argument I could think of with Twilight is first off the vampire thing because again goes back to the witchcraft if you will because because you know to have mortal life you probably had to have some kind of voodoo witchcraft thing happen to to become somebody who could bite a person and turn them into a vampire because we all know that in Twilight, Edward Cullen was turned into a vampire because he was going to die of the Spanish flu. And, you know, so there was that. Plus the other argument I could think of with the, and this is going to sound absolutely bonkers when I say it, but please run with me on this. Um, the reason, the other reason why I could see this being a problem with Christians, because I heard a lot of Christians go batshit cray cray over twilight, if you will, is the mere fact that the author... Of the Twilight books. You know, Stephanie Meyer, she is, wait for it, wait for it, Mormon. I know what you're thinking, Marie, what does that have to do with anything? Evangelicals and Baptists Cause I'm gonna throw Baptists in there because I was a Baptist. They basically think that Catholics and Mormons are pretty much going to hell. I was actually told by somebody that it's something to do with the river of river of, of blood, river of Jesus. I forgot the exact wording to it. I actually remember talking about this with somebody on a Facebook group about Catholicism. Um, hold on, let me see. Here it is. Here it is. She was This person was telling me about why she heard that Baptists are not fans of Catholics. And it says about the river of blood that ended... Catholicism. Now, I don't think Mormonism is the same thing, but I, excuse me, I do recall with Mormonism, you know, my crazy ass aunt again, she actually would say to to me about with Mormons that a lot of things were... You know, because, I'm trying to figure out how to put this. Um, Because of the fact that Mormons, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of things with them that they have celestial and, you know, things that are not exactly Trinitarian, if you will. Which, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, um, hold on, I actually want to look this up really quick to kind of make sure that i am right about it and that is the mormonism latter day saints thing um it i don't think that they are trinitarian um let's see um yeah well they they kind of go back to the christian rest the restoration movement And if I remember, and, you know, Mormons, you could correct me if you want, Um, just, you know, send me a tweet at exvangelical267, or, you know, you can always shoot me an email at, you know, my email, which is, which is exvangelicaldiaries at outlook.com. Did I get that right? I just uh sorry this one. But anyway, you, you guys can just shoot me a message. Yeah, exvangelical at outlook.com or you can find me on Twitter, Exvangelical267, or through my regular Twitter, Life of Marie267. Um yeah, so the argument that I always I always heard had to do a lot with the fact that there's a lot of things in the Mormon faith that are not very reflective of, you know, Christianity. And I still cannot understand the anti-Catholic thing, which I will probably get into in a future season. But yeah, that just shows you about that. But the argument going back to Twilight, because I did digress, is that because of the fact that you have the vampire thing because of the fact that stephanie myers is a is a um what do you call it is a mormon it kind of makes the evangelicals be like you gonna watch that and i'm like who Gives a shit. And the reason why I say who gives a shit. Is because of one reason. Because. It's entertainment people. Enter. Fucking. Tainment. If you're. One of these types that is like freaking out over this stuff. Then. You really need to get your damn priorities straight. Because. There are more things to worry about in this crazy, effed-up world than that. And, um, you know, it it's weird that they would say that because there were some things in Twilight, for instance, that would kind of... How do I put this? They would kind of be like kind of translative of all religions. For instance, Edward Cullen was a 108-year-old virgin. (laughs) And, you know, he was a virgin until he he hooked up with Bella. And, you know, they got married. So, yeah, that just shows you. Oh, interesting fact, now that I brought that up, because I just pulled this up. It's on beliefnet.com. They have what's known as the Celebrity Faith Database. Um, I just found the little thing about Robert Pattinson. Oddly enough, they have him listed as Catholic. So, yay. <laughs> as, a, as somebody went back to Catholicism, yay. <laughs> but anyway, here is here's an interesting thing. They call it the Fun Faith Fact. The author of Twilight, Stephanie Meyer, is a Mormon, which I mentioned. But here's the pot twist. Pattinson reportedly followed her religious outlook of abstinence to prepare for her, prepare for the role in her movie. So yeah, Robert Pattinson was like, like, fuck it, I'll, I'll take a vow of celibacy. (laughs) Um, Makes me wonder what would happen if he ever played a priest. Uh, Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. I just had impure thoughts about Robert Pattinson playing a priest. (laughs) But, yeah, it. It's crazy. And I mean, should this necessarily mean that Christians should not watch secular cinema? Of course it doesn't. I mean, some argue that you have to kind of, you know, make those decisions yourself. And I will tell you right now, I don't think... God is going to smite you because because you went and saw Twilight? I mean, God didn't smite Stephanie Meyer for writing Twilight. And God sure the hell didn't smite Robert Pattinson for playing Edward Cullen. I mean, come on, the guy's worth over $100 million. He's done some of the most amazing films since the Twilight Saga. He's got an exclusive... He's got like one of those first look deals with Warner Brothers where you know, he could he could look at a script for Warner Brothers and be like I want to do that. And you know, two words, The Batman. So yeah. And back to my back to the subtitle of this Are Robert Pattinson Fans Heathens? Of course not. You know what? Anybody who thinks that should really get their head examined. If anything, you're just fans of really good cinema. Because I will tell you right now, The Lighthouse was an amazing film. It's in my top ten. Tied with Forrest Gump. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah, um... Cinema, Harry Potter, Twilight, Evangelicals, you got it all wrong. Oh, boy. This was a a fun one for me to do. And that will conclude another installment of Diaries of an Exvangelical. I am actually going to do something very interesting because my season two was going to start as soon as this... As my season one ended. But I'm going to do like... But I think I'm going to do now... Because my season two that I'm looking at my outline... Is going to be just four parts. I'm going to do like... It's going to be like a season 1.5. And... Because it's about the holidays. And... Right now in the United States where I am... We're coming up on Thanksgiving. So... This is why I want to do this as a, like a season 1.5. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to have these episodes hitting, hitting every, um, I'm going to have these episodes hitting every Tuesday. And then on, I'm going to try for Thursday or Friday, check, keep an eye on my Twitter at exvangelical267 for more updates on this. But I'm going to do this the season 1.5 episodes, which is going to be about the holiday season. And like I said, it's going to be four parts. And this one, it this is, of course, what you just listened to is season 1, episode 3. And our next one in season one will be Evangelicals and Secular Music. Why they think Matchbox 20 is evil. That will, and that'll be the Tuesday after the American Thanksgiving holiday. So let me make sure I got my dates right. Yeah, it'll be on, on November 30th. My first one in the celebration series, the 1.5 that I talked about is going to be this this Friday, November 26th, and it will be Evangelicals and Christmas, Why They Think the Grinch is Satan. That's gonna be an interesting one because I actually wrote about that in a blog I used to do years ago. <laughs> so so yeah, that's where we stand. And thank you very much for listening to Diary of an Exvangelical. I'm Marie. And as always, everything is written, produced, researched by yours truly. Our immediate... We are on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify... And we are hosted by the lovely Spotify service, Anchor. Go to anchor.fm and you can get a free podcast account. And as always, peace be with you.